Warning, this podcast contains adult themes. Last night, a DJ took my life. The confession of a DJ, producer, serial killer. Episode 5 Part of the reason for getting married was that I felt I got a bit complacent with my killings. I'd broken some of the rules that I set in the beginning. For example, I vowed not to kill people in the same country more than once and spread them out over a bit of time. Ibiza alone had been three different people. When I met Vera, I was in a bit of a spree. Five kills in one year, from Mexico City to serve as paradise in Australia. I had a pretty clean technique when it came to the killing, but it would add up to an MO if it was examined by a proper police detective. I needed winding in. So I decided to have someone in my life that provided a bit of stability and forced me to be less chaotic. I thought a wife fitted that criteria. Vera was a perfect disguise for me. She's innocent, friendly, educated, and she's just got a bit of that mumsy vibe. Nothing like the girls I dated who were all dead behind the eyes. She was so nice it made up for my antisocial behaviour. It wasn't long into dating that I felt smothered. I imagine that's what it's like when you're in a loving relationship. I mostly handled it well, but it was all her text messages in Ibiza that sent me over the edge. I haven't taken ketamine in years, and that's what I was on for two days when I was out there. I needed that out-of-body feeling. I was chasing a disconnection from reality, but not something too mental. Ketamine is an easily accessible sub for PCP or DMT. When Vera texted me seeing how I was on tour, I just wanted to chuck my phone into the sea. But myself medicating through it, I managed to stay chilled out until I got in the car with that dealer. His life story, his gangster friends in Naples, and his high-pitched voice had to be ended. I knew I could shut him up for good, so I did. It was a bit rash, but I got no regrets. How am I supposed to handle a crying baby? 2010. The murder at the festival was massive news. Nothing else about the festival got spoken about. All the electronic music blogs made it front page news. The story of a strangled woman being found at the festival two days after I'd killed her. It was in the paper in Spain, but not mentioned anywhere in the UK press. The blogs were all shocked that this happened in a place where people were supposed to have fun. (laughs) That made me laugh. Just shaking these dickheads out of their naive cloud of their happy-go-lucky safe existence even for 10 seconds was satisfying. No witnesses, murder weapon and no suspects. There were 10,000 people wandering around in the dark, none sober or taking any notice of anyone else. Everyone was just fucking wasted. I released my first album that year and that changed things for me. The DJ gigs went from paying me just enough to survive to giving me the lifestyle that I dreamt of. I'm fully aware that my career is unusual. The speed that things fell into place was much quicker than anyone else I know. My agent took on a lot bigger DJs and that opened a few doors. The London residency meant I became friends with a lot of people in the scene because they were all living in London as well. I stayed in my studio in New Cross but 
I bought it off the owner and turned the bottom floor shop into a living room, making it a house. That meant I owned my own property in London. I had lots to feel very proud of. No one in my family, as far as I'm aware, had ever owned the property. I grew up in council houses and don't know anything about my family beyond my grandparents. The residency was busy every time I played and my gigs were taking me to places where they treat DJs like kings. I was having sex with strangers everywhere I went and I left bodies on almost every continent. Every week from Monday to Thursday, I could go without talking to another human being. Things were calm. I didn't see any interruptions on the horizon. I had a two-year anniversary residency party and the promoters booked a couple of big names to play back-to-back with me for the night. I had been looking after myself and laying off the drugs, just having a few beers here and there and at my gigs. But for the anniversary night, I was going to let my hair down. I requested a couple of bottles of champagne in my rider as a nice little touch. Everyone was up for a big one. We were sold out and full by midnight. I opened up on the decks, wanting to make the mood just right. I took a pill for the first time in a long time and felt fucking great. My inhibitions were completely blown and I was drinking and playing records at speed. Coke got broken out by the management of the club who were hanging out in the booth. I sniffed half a gram in minutes between queuing up tracks. It felt like the early days when I was playing after parties and just getting off my face. After snorting a last line before handing the decks over to another DJ, I pulled my head up with a rolled up tenner still in my hand and there's someone I vaguely recognised just watching to the left of the booth. I couldn't focus for a minute. I edged over closer to her and as I got beyond some of the random people in the booth grabbing my shoulders and patting my back, I recognised the old woman's face but I was feeling spaced out and not completely convinced. The light started to strobe and making it impossible for me to see so I reached out my hand to touch her face, but her hand grabbed me firmly by the wrist and stopped me. I knew as soon as she had hold of my arm. Nearly 20 years of no contact and my mum shows up to a gig. I turn around and walk back into the booth in a panic. I couldn't square away what was going on. I turned back around to see through the darkness and she was still there. I went over again. Mum? I asked. And she said yes. I felt instantly sober. The intensity of my eyes looking at her felt hot and red. My mouth was dry. I signalled for her to follow me and took her round to the back to the manager's office. My feet still felt light as I walked, but my head was heavy and full of dark clouds. The manager's office was packed with people drinking, smoking and keying coke. The look on my face and tone of my voice was enough for people to vacate quickly when I asked for the room. I was feeling so on edge, it was like all the acid at the bottom of my stomach had solidified and was forcing its way up the back of my throat. I couldn't talk. She was quiet but strangely talkative, saying how proud she was of me. I mainly looked at the floor or the ceiling. Every time I looked at her I felt sick. I told her that I'd never think about her and that I didn't even know she was alive. She wanted to contact me apparently. My emotions were running off the charts and I just flipped out like I hadn't in years. What the fuck do you think connecting me at one of my gigs would do? I was beside myself, but I had to go on and DJ. It was my party. I gave her my number and said she had to leave. I couldn't play with that shit on my mind. So instead I drank and took more pills, more coke, and stood still on my own at the back of the boot and freaking out in my own mind. The party came and went and was a success for everyone but me. I walked back to my flat... 
It took about 40 minutes, but I couldn't think of sitting down. I was awake until midnight the next day. The drugs had worn off, but my mind was racing. No amount of skunk helped me sleep all day until I passed out at my kitchen table reading a text message from her. She wasn't living in London, had no idea how to reach me, and had been looking for me for years. I didn't believe her one bit. I was on Facebook like everyone else. All she had to do was type my name into the browser and say hello. I thought that she wanted money, or only wanted to meet me when she found out I was successful. I didn't reply. I just left it on my phone and hibernated till my next gig at the weekend. It was heading into winter, late October, and I had European gigs lined up for the next three weekends, each weekend with two dates. This one coming was a big one. Rex in Paris on the Friday night, then a club in Stockholm on the Saturday night. I'd recovered from the weekend by Wednesday and was getting a remix finished that was due the day before. This was the first time I'd delivered a remix late. The session of the weekend fucked with my schedule. It's easy to remember why I stopped caning it. I was going to be at least two days late with this one because that afternoon I got another text from my mum. She wanted me to visit her and threatened that if I didn't come up to see her she'd just come to another gig. After getting out of prison a few years ago, she settled in Skegness. She worked in an arcade and lived in the chalet park. I didn't want her showing up causing shit. I had no idea what she was capable of and I didn't like bringing attention to myself. So I said I'd rent a car after this next month of busy gigs. I had a free weekend booked so I had the chance. I didn't hear from her for the next few days. I was a busy guy. She's the one who wanted to see me but doesn't even respond. This wound me up. Anyway, I get the Euro Tunnel to Paris Friday afternoon. And on the train I get a reply, just fine. I arrived in Paris furious. I got a cab to my hotel and waited there for my gig. The time in my hotel room was just thinking about killing my mum. If I could just go up there and get rid of her. I thought that the best possible outcome, she had fuck all positive to offer me. At the worst, she could end up stirring up a lot of trouble for me. My memories of her is that she was inattentive at best downright abusive at worst. I got picked up by a promoter girl for my set at Rex. I was the second on the bill, not the headliner. The party was part of the 25 years of Rex Club celebration, so it was sold out like every other event that month. I couldn't give a shit though. I had all this rubbish with my mum turning in my stomach like a cement mixer. I drank half a bottle of vodka while playing my set and don't remember looking up to the dance floor other than to see if the promoter was near me to tell me my set was nearly over. I was just thinking about having to drive to Skegness to see what my mother had become. Then my mind ran away with itself. I can't blame her completely for how she turned out. I live with her parents and I know that would turn anyone to a life of drugs and violence. I was at least born with a brain. The only difference really. Maybe she wasn't as bad as I thought. Maybe I was just being harsh. And then it was the end of my set. <laughs> the promoter and the headliner lined up behind me, punching the air at my last track. I leave the club straight away after my set and walk up to my hotel. It was only 15 minutes up the road and I was hungry. I knew I'd be able to grab some food nearby. I went into a bar that had a weird crowd outside smoking. Half of them looked too young to be out at this time and the other half looked homeless. I knew it would be alright for some fritz or something. On the way in, some guys smoking remarked at my bag, Bonsoir, Monsieur DJ. I dipped my head, not wanting to engage, and just walked in. I find a seat and order some fritz with some thick-cut ham they were offering as a late-night snack. I drank wine as I waited. The guys from outside the bar came in and sat next to me, wanting to talk. They seemed to know I was English straight away, 
and in between trying to talk to me, they would take the piss out of me to each other. I was not in the mood for this shit, and when the food came down, I asked them nicely to leave me alone. That started a big hoo-ha about who I was, and then one of them just suddenly stood up. I assumed he was going to flip the table or glass me, so I stabbed his mate next to me in the shoulder with a fork as hard as I could and lifted the plate off the food to the table and smashing it into his face. I flipped out and grabbed him by the neck and bit him on the ear. Three waiters rushed over to me and pulled us apart. The two guys were wilting in pain and shock. I was breathing heavily and I could feel myself flexing. The whole bar was quiet and watching. The waiters shouted and pointed at the door. I grabbed my bag and left. I turn left out of the bar, heading up to the hotel, and then take another left to try and get out the sight of the bar. I was a few metres up the road and I heard steps and saw I was being set upon by four blokes, the two from inside and two of their mates. As they got close to me, I kick out a foot at chest height to meet the first one, which was awkward, and ended up putting us both on our backs. Before I could get up, I started getting kicks from all sides. The kicks to my body stopped me from being able to retaliate. After a couple of ribs get punted, I drop my arms, exposing my head, and I get a combination of three kicks to the back of my head, the last one knocking me out. Last night, a DJ took my life. The confession of a DJ, producer, serial killer. Find us on Instagram at last night a DJ took my life. Twitter last a DJ. Facebook last night a DJ took my life. And help fund this podcast by donating on patreon.com forward slash last night a DJ took my life. Title music by Synchro.